Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on The Horn. Welcome back to the Sports Complex on a Thursday afternoon on the show today. We'll get into a little bracketology bubble watch about Texas basketball in the Big 12, what they got to do in their final five games of the regular season. I will talk a little of that. Texas women's basketball gets another win last night. It wasn't necessarily pretty, but they got the win. We'll get into that. Talk a little NBA as NBA action starts back up tonight. The second half of the season starts tonight. We'll get into the top contenders, who you got to watch for going into the second half of the season. Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day. Texas bringing back a coach. MLB, the first spring training game was today. We'll get a little bit of MLB talk in for you today and some NFL. How about them Cowboys? We'll talk about them as well. Of course, we'll also include your text messages 512-447-3776 512-447-3776 is the text line number for the horn that's where you can reach out and talk to us here at the horn i will see those i try and get to every single one i can uh you know unless you say something crazy that i can't say on the radio i can't read that but we try to get to everyone if anyone you want to have the conversation about any of those topics we're talking about today or something else I didn't mention, 512-447-3776 is what we say. Uh, you guys drive the show. I just try to keep it on the rails. So uh, all of that, lot to get into today. Looking forward to it on a Thursday, getting close. It's National Margarita Day as well. I've already gotten hit up that somebody's going out, and I, they're going out before me. So I don't know if they're still going to be there, or if I get there, they may be a little tipsy when I get there. But I'm hoping to go check, and if they don't, maybe I'll find some other friends to go celebrate National Margarita Day. I'm a fan of, if you know, if you listen to me on Ball Don't Lie, you know that uh, I, I I do appreciate a random holiday. I would make a lot of uh, musical themes out of random holidays. Uh, so I am a fan of them. Uh, and the National Margarita Day is just a great one because, you know, you don't always have a margarita. It's not one that I always, and I, when I'm going to have dinner, I don't, I'm not usually a huge margarita with dinner because the sugar and everything and trying to, control what I'm putting in, and then you don't want to get start off too hot there, just pounding margaritas, and then the whole night you're just trying to fit, you know, balance it back out. So I'm not, I don't always drink margaritas when I'm out. I do it with my family. 
My family makes some good margaritas, so I'll have those, especially go down to the beach, have some margaritas with the family down there. I always enjoy that. Uh, and then, you know, if you want to go out, National Margarita, a perfect excuse. Sometimes I'll make some for around the pool, make a big pitcher or two of margaritas and try and drink through all of them. And by the time you're done drinking them, then you can just pace beer for the rest of the day in the pool, sit on the, sit on the float. It's real nice. Don't, don't think I'm all high and mighty. It's an above ground pool. It ain't even mine. So, uh, don't, don't get to, I'm not too high and mighty, <laughs> but that's when you're walking out with two pitchers of margaritas that you made the night before. So they're nice, nice cold. Uh, when you put them on the rocks, they're still nice and ice cold. That's, that's what you do. I, I, I don't know. And you can say on the text line too, uh, if you have the best spot for a margarita or if you have the best recipe or if you have, I, I you know, the frozen margaritas are good too. I, I go on the rocks a lot now. Getting older, I go on the rocks a lot more. But, you know, Marguerite, I go frozen, too. Frozen's always a good one, too. The frozen, have you ever had the frozen Jack and Coke? I'm a fan of the frozen Jack and Coke, too. It's a hard one to pull off at home. So I appreciate that. I appreciate that one out there. Uh, getting into some talk. But, yeah, if you want to talk margaritas, we can talk margaritas on the text line, too. Uh, talking uh, some NCAA basketball and Texas basketball uh, I was reading an article today. I've looked around, trying to keep up with the bracketology, keep up with the bubble watch for Texas as they lose a game to Houston that they were expected to lose. It's the number three team in the country. You're playing on the road in Houston. Uh, then they get a win over uh, TC, or K-State. They get that win. They now have a few games left to go. If I can pull my schedule out real quick. Uh, they uh, They still have a few games left to go. Uh, they end up going to they're going to Kansas today uh, on Saturday. On Tuesday after that, they are playing Texas Tech on the road. You have an Oklahoma State game uh, the following weekend here in Austin. Then a quick turnaround for a Monday game at Baylor, and then a close after season on that Saturday, March 9th, with a game against Oklahoma. Uh, when I was reading the article on the bubble watch, Texas is not on the bubble as of right now. The, uh, but there was something in the article that I'm going to get to in just a second that I thought was interesting, and I think it's an interesting point because what they're projecting Texas to do in these last few games is what I think they need to do. But they just to give you the uh, quick synopsis, they do have – it's uh, John Gasway was the one who did the Bubble Watch article. Uh, they had Houston, Kansas, Iowa State, Baylor, BYU, and Texas Tech all already pretty much locks in. Uh, one of them have to go really, really bad at the end of the season, pretty much lose out for a BYU or Texas Tech. Uh, to drop completely out of the tournament. They're all pretty securely in right now. Uh, and then the the should be in are OU, TCU, and UT. And that's where it starts to get a little bit more crowded with OU, TCU, and UT. And then Cincinnati could still fight back into that. If they have a really strong finish, a strong uh, Big 12 tournament, Cincinnati could find themselves trying to fight into that tournament as well. And that's when you look at it. The reality of what Texas is going through right now is they're in the Big 12 Conference. That is really, really powerful. And they added in a BYU team that is going to be going to the tournament. They added a Houston team that is going to be going to the tournament. Uh, So this is a conference now that is boasting a lineup of eight teams probably getting in. You could get up to 10 Big 12 teams getting in, but Texas needs to find themselves not on the low end of that nine teams that he thinks should be getting in. Because once you're in that nine range and they may want to put one more Big East or one more SEC or one more Big 10 team in to give them six or seven instead of giving Big 12 nine, that's where you have to worry a little bit. But the interesting part that I thought when I was reading the article was that basically Texas in the uh, the RPI in the 
if you're judging about how they're doing versus the conference and their competition and all of that, that they're about 500 in the Big 12. If you project them out, they're a 500 Big 12 team, and the Big 12's so good that Texas is the middle line, and that's how Texas played this season, that they're not, they're by far not the worst team in the Big 12, but they're also not the best. They're not by far not the best. Uh, and so they're right on that 500 line. And so when you look at those and you look at those numbers and you look at what Texas is right now versus what they need, they're a half game below 500 right now with five games to go. They're six and seven right now. With five games to go, when you look at that 500 number, I thought that number was really interesting because that 500 number in conference play is really where I start to think you have to look at and say if Texas finishes the season 500 in the Big 12, then they'll be ahead of a Oklahoma most likely. They'll probably be around tied or ahead of TCU, and they jump into that conversation of, okay, well, they played well on the road. They weren't home, but that doesn't matter as much. You'd like to be a better home team, but when we're picking for the tournament, none of these games are going to be at home. So maybe you can get a little bit more bias. And to say, if you're 500 in the Big 12, you're better than a lot of teams in a lot of other conferences because they just don't have the amount of talent that the Big 12 has with 9 to 10 teams possibly going to the tournament then you have to say they're 500. But that's where Texas gets into a little bit of trouble because they're a half game behind 500 right now. We said they had to win all of their home games. That means they have to beat Oklahoma State, who is not very good. They have to beat an Oklahoma team that is decent. They're one of those teams that could get in, but that team, that game at the end of the year could be one of those games that everyone is watching on the bubble for Texas. And so it's a bigger game for Texas now if they're going to pick Oklahoma or Texas, who's got the better record in conference play and who's got the better record against them. If Texas beats Oklahoma twice and Texas is a 500 team and Oklahoma's below 500, what makes the decision a lot easier, oh, Texas jumps into that, that bracket. Texas gets in ahead of Oklahoma. And if they're getting in over Oklahoma, they're getting in over TCU. They're definitely in. So that game becomes big as well. But then you add those three uh, a road games. And if you win just one, you're a 500 team and 500 and not overall, but 500 in the Big 12, and that should be good enough to get you in. Now, if you get blown out by an Oklahoma State or uh, something like that in the first round of the Big 12 tournament, yeah, you could still have issues again. Someone else can get in. But if you jump up enough that you are you get you go 500, I don't think you have to be watching conference championship week, crossing your fingers that enough. Uh, you know, conference champions don't win, that they get double by, you know, double bids in and you start taking away spots. You're not on that bubble as much. That's why this weekend is going to be big for Texas once again because this is the two road games where I think you have a pretty decent shot to get a win out of one. And I know Kansas is really good, and I get Texas Tech is good on at home. They did just struggle to beat TCU at home, but they got the win. And that's kind of been the antithesis of Texas that those games, they've been close in some of these games and not close them out. But you're playing a Kansas team that if Texas, and we'll get more into this tomorrow because that's Saturday's game, uh, but there's a Kansas team that is not super physical, that doesn't necessarily handle good, solid, physical defense. If you can go do that to them, if you can rebound, if you can bring that extra effort and get pumped up, it's a, it's a tall ask. They have not lost at home this season. They don't plan on losing at home this season. So that's a tall ask. But you need to go out there and put your best effort because they're not an invincible Kansas team. This isn't the best Kansas team they've had in the last few years. They're, they're a couple pieces short, and a lot of those guys are not performing at high levels each and every week. And again, that's partly because of the Big 12. And then you have a Texas Tech team that beats you here at home, 
that you know that you have more talent on your roster probably than Texas Tech does, but that talent is doesn't fit up and necessarily merge together the way that Texas Tech's lineup works together. Texas Tech has a little bit more rough-and-tumble guys that want to go in there and get dirty and get the big plays. That could be the problem. If Texas wants to go compete with Texas Tech, and if you get one win out of that, then you're in the driver's seat. Win your home games, go to Baylor and hope to get a win there, but you're in the driver's seat to get into the tournament. Uh, and so I just thought it was interesting to see in that article from John Gassaway today uh, that 500, he talked about that their ranking basically sits them around 500. Uh, of what they project them as 500 in the Big 12, and that's good enough. But they're still a half game behind 500. If they drop all three road games, even if they win their last two, they finish out two games behind uh, first place, and that's not where or two games five 500, and that's not where you want to be. Uh, also, I think if they finish 500, they do fall in that eight seed spot where you want to be. Uh, eight seed is going to be a lot better than ninth or tenth because then you're really on the bubble watch. Uh, so I think that eight seed is where you like to be. All you got to do is finish 500. All hope is not lost, and then you get in that tournament, and you get out of Big 12. You get to play some different styles of basketball, and it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. They did pretty well against it last year, and if it wasn't for Miami shooting lights out from three, they could have gone further than that. And if it wasn't for Dylan DeSue, one of their best players getting hurt, they definitely would have moved on because uh, they were hanging with Miami without Dylan DeSue. So I, you know, this is a team that you know once you get in the tournament, depending on matchups, now there could you could get a terrible matchup, you know, the second game. And and it's over. Uh, you know, there's more bad matchups and goods for the Longhorns probably, but it is open. It is a thing that it's a possibility. Uh, just some fun that I was looking at this morning, uh, seeing the bubble watch. And it's good to see Texas is not fully on there. Earlier in the season, they were on that bubble watch. They were one of those teams that people are saying probably wasn't going to get in. They've improved since then, since they changed the starting lineup. Uh, since they went smaller instead of bigger, uh, that fixed it. Kendall Weaver coming into the lineup has helped as well. Uh, help their RPI, their ROI, and all of that stuff uh, to get them a, to a 500 team. They're one, half a game behind. All you got to do, win three out of two in your last, or three out of five in your last games, and I think you're pretty much a lock to get in. You're not going to be sweating it too much on uh, tournament selection Sunday. Uh, we should also mention women's basketball last night gets a 77-72 to win over uh, Texas Tech. A good win for the Texas team. Uh, we saw Vic Schaefer come out afterwards. He was not happy with the team, even in a win. He said it was ugly, uh, but you know, it's still a win's a win. You'd rather have an ugly win than uh, than an ugly loss. But a lot of game film that they still need to watch to get better. Uh, Madison Booker did not have one of her best games, but she did come in clutch, ten for ten at the free throw line. So she was able to help out there. Taylor Jones led the way, nineteen points. Uh, but the reality was they shot really bad from three. They shot 25% from the three-point line. That did not help them out at all. They out-rebounded Texas Tech, and they went in the paint 34. Uh, they went in the paint, got some points. They also shot a lot more free throws, got into foul trouble, got the effort uh, to go in and get some free throws. They shot 34 free throws to just 11 for Tech. Uh, that is a big piece for any team trying to be as good as Texas is at the women's basketball team. Uh, is you know you have to use everything that's at your disposal to get a win. They were able to get that done uh, and get the win, keeping their uh, their hopes alive of possibly getting a one seed in the tournament, trying to jump up in that top four in that one seed. They keep it alive with a win over Texas Tech last night. Uh, Tech signs open, 512-447-3776. If you want to jump in on the conversation, we'll get to those in a minute. I do want to talk some NBA with you guys, though. 
uh, because the second part of the season is opening up. I know we're technically kind of halfway through it. We've already had the in-season tournament. We know the winner of the in-season tournament is now not performing at the level uh, that they should be. We'll get into the games that are happening tonight because, of course, I'll be watching some basketball tonight. You know that. Uh, but I want to give you some look at the top contenders. We looked yesterday at coaches on the hot seat, co- uh, teams build, they're kind of in the flux of rebuilds, and are they going to have to tear it down? Do they have to change their approach? Uh, we talked about that yesterday, so you can go to the podcast page if you want to get into that, but we want to talk about the teams right now that are real contenders, and I've broken them down into three sections, and I've broken them down to top contenders, people that really you feel like they could make a run, and you really give high hopes that if you're betting on these are the top teams, you've got three from the East, three from the West, that if you want to say these are the teams that have the best chance to get in to win an NBA championship, this six teams are probably the top best three six teams. And then you have the if they get hot. The teams that maybe, they got a shot. They have enough talent on their roster, but they have to get hot. And the third is the wild card where something's going to have to change for that team to be able to get there. But we've seen crazier things happen. So we'll start out in the Eastern Conference uh, with our top contenders. Of course, Boston right now is dominating. They're 43-12 on the season. Uh, best record in the NBA right now. Uh, I don't know. The Bucks were there. They have dropped off considerably. Uh, so Doc, since Doc Rivers has taken over, and Doc's getting a lot of flack for it right now, and the Bucks are getting a lot of flack for it, but uh, and Doc is giving the Bucks flack for it. It's, it's a crazy cycle. Uh, but Boston right now playing really, really good basketball. The question is, once they get to the playoffs, is Jason Tatum going to continue to put on his MVP performance he's put on this season? Are the Celtics going to be able to be hard-nosed enough? Is Porzingis going to be healthy enough? Uh, Are they going to be able to go into the playoffs and play at a very high level, which they would like to play at? Uh, That's kind of the question because we know that last season they looked like they disappeared in the playoffs. They wanted to add some size uh, with Kristaps Porzingis. They wanted to add some defense with uh, Drew Holiday. They've added some pieces to that team. They're the number one team in the NBA right now, uh, but that's kind of your front runner. If you go over to the West, the team you have to put up, I know they're in fourth place right now in the West, but they still are until they lose and until somebody knocks Jokic off. The Nuggets right now at 36-19 and 19 are the team that I think in the West are the team to beat in the West. There are some teams doing really well, but until you show me in a seven-game series you can beat Jokic and you can beat Murray and you can beat that Denver team that has it going for them. They didn't lose a lot. Bruce Brown is a loss, but they've got some players on that team. Until you can beat the MVP, you can beat the, the defending champ, that guy's going to still be there. Uh, then we can look down in the Eastern Conference. That two teams that are right there competing, the Knicks and the Bucks. The Knicks are in right now in fourth place, 33-22. and 22. The Bucks are 35-21 and 21 after that deep stretch, but they're still third uh, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, the Knicks are, you know, once they get healthy, OG Ananubi had to get surgery, but that addition of OG Ananubi, J, uh, Randall is, is a little hurt right now. When he comes back, when they get back to full strength, Jalen Brunson is leading a team that has a lot of talent and good defense. They can score. They can play defense. They can be tough in the paint. All of those pieces make you believe that there's a team that could, they're not the front runner, but man, they could put up a fight. And of course, we know Giannis and Dame Lillard, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, that team in Milwaukee, they can do special things. They were doing really well, but they weren't the best team in the East. And they fired their coach because they expect more out of that team. They expect some more defense. That's where the real problem lies. If they can play enough defense and are not just an offensive powerhouse and not relying on Dame Lillard to hit 10 threes a game to win in the playoffs, then they have a shot. If they can start to figure that out, but Doc Rivers, since he's been there, it has not happened. 
So they will have to figure out those issues, figure out those problems to keep it going in Milwaukee. Over in the West, uh, two other teams that look really good for them. Currently in first place, the Minnesota Timberwolves are 39-16. and 16. As much as they were made fun of last season for that trade, trading for Rudy Gobert, uh, and everybody got on, on them, now that adding Carl Anthony Towns back in that lineup after the injuries that he had last season, they have meshed really well with an offseason together. Uh, that Carl Anthony Towns shooting really well, and the fact that he doesn't have to play in the post as much is opening him up to play some other games. He's, he's not necessarily the fixer for everything, but he is doing a lot better this season. He's healthier, and he doesn't have to be that center presence that he never wanted to be, even though he's 6'11", 7 foot. He can step outside. He's hitting those shots. It makes a huge mismatch for most teams that barely have one center. Now you got to have two or three guys that can play big against them, uh, and then you also throw in Anthony Edwards, who's just an X-factor can go. Uh, he's there. I don't know if they have the championship pedigree yet, but they have a lot of talent. If they're healthy and playing well at the end of the season, they're definitely a contender. Uh, you know, They do have people that can go up there and bounce with uh, Jokic, which is one of those things you have to worry about. They have a Rudy Gobert. They have a Carl Anthony Towns. They got uh, you know uh, just a, a number of guys on that team who can go and at least bump with him and make him step off of the line. And Gobert, a former defensive player of the year, uh, he's lost a step, but he can still get out there and try and go out there. Jokic may make a fool out of him, or Gobert may make a season for the Timberwolves. Uh, the Clippers, too. As much as the Westbrook signing, trading for James Harden, everybody was a little piece off. That's a, seri- that's a team that nobody wants to meet in a seven-game series. They're healthy. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are two of the best two-way players in the NBA. And then you add in a James Harden who can always score, get to the free throw line, give you points every night. And Russell Westbrook, kind of, he's starting, but he is leading up that second unit too, uh, that there's so much energy in that second unit because of Russell Westbrook. Not a lot of people want to play them in a seven-game lineup. Who knows? They also have a little championship pedigree with Kawhi Leonard, who's won two. Uh, he knows what it takes to get there. And Ty Lue knows what he's doing as a coach as well. That's a, it's an interesting team there in the Clippers. All those guys have the talent. They have enough people on there that know what they're doing to win. So all of those to look out for. Uh, here's the next category. If they get hot, we'll start over in the West this time. If they get hot, number, the second seed in the conference, I don't want to disrespect them. Oklahoma City, they're really, really young. The Thunders are a great, talented team. The question is, can they hold it together for the rest of the season? If the Thunder can hold it together, then that's a team that, yeah, maybe if you get hot at the right time, you go in there and play with enough, you know, enough bravado that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that, you know, that people don't think that you're uh, necessarily got the experience to go do it. Who knows what you go accomplish? But they're young. So this could all fall apart when they start playing against veterans and when they start, when they get down and the press starts to get on them more. They've been under the radar. When they start to be the favorites, does it affect them differently? Does Jalen Williams, who's been having a breakout season, does he continue to play at the high level against the highest competitions? Those are the questions there. We have the fifth place Suns right now. You know, it's a good team, but defensively, there's a lot of holes. Health-wise, there's a lot of issues. I'm a huge Devin Booker fan. Of course, I love Kevin Durant. They have a lot of talent on that team. They've added some other pieces, too, uh, out of the buyout market. It's a decent team there in Phoenix, but, uh, you know, if you go against some people who can put up points with you and you're trying to outscore them every night, if you miss, you know, that's that's a crapshoot in the playoffs. And finally, i got the seventh-place Mavs. Look, I, I could have put them in the wild card, but we know with Kyrie and Luka, if P.J. Washington, if Daniel Gafford, if that experiment works out uh, and they can get those guys to play defense, 
no one wants to play Luka in the playoffs. No one wants to play Kyrie Irving in the playoffs. We know that. So they're in that. If they get hot, those guys are both putting up 35, 40 a night. It becomes real hard to compete with the Mavericks team that just can go. So if they're healthy and they're going, they have some other pieces. They're right on that edge. They're my sixth team, but I, I've got them in there. Over in the East, if they get hot, the second place Cavs, kind of the same story as the Thunder. There's some holes about like an Evan Mobley not being able to score. Can you match them up and take it out of them? Where Jared Allen has been playing really well, but once you start to match up with Mobley and Jared Allen and try and force Mobley to be the offensive weapon and force some guys that aren't the offensive weapon to be there, does the team stick together as a young team or do they start to fall apart? Uh, they're second place in the East right now, but once they get a little bit more on that radar in the playoffs at the end, are they going to be able to compete at that high level? They're the same as the Thunder. Both those teams are way, way under the radar, even though they're in second place in their, in their conferences. But once they are not in the, behind the camera, once they're front and center and everybody in the NBA, can they keep that production up? That's what you always have to worry about with a young team like that. Uh, fifth place, I got the, the fifth place team, the 76ers. Uh, they are a good team. Joel Embiid is out till the end of the season. Can they hold it together, keep themselves out of the play-in, and can he come back at the end of the season and be the same player? If he can, then of course they got a shot. He's been a dynamic. Now, we know that they didn't perform last year. Doc Rivers is not there anymore. Can Joel Embiid step up in the playoffs? Hopefully, he'll be back and feeling better and rested and healthy and be able to go make a name in the playoffs. And then the Pacers. A lot of talent. A lot of people. They traded for Pascal Siakam. Tyrese Halliburton, if he gets going, if he gets hot, who knows what the Pacers can do. It's an uphill battle for them, but they have a chance. And, you know, if you get guys, they have two or three guys on that team that if they get hot, it's over. And that's what you need to do. They went up in the in-season tournament. They were going up against the Lakers. They cooled off in that last game. Lakers went ahead and win it. And let's go wild card. There's only one team in the east of the wild card. It's the Miami Heat, the Pat Riley teams, the Eric Spolster teams, Jimmy Butler. You can't count them out. Uh, they haven't been great, but they've been much better than if you look at that roster, they're better than what that roster uh, really looks like on paper. And so you don't know. If the right things happen, there are some other injuries. Guys don't come back in full shape. The Miami Heat can make a run. I don't know if they have enough to win it, but they could always make a run. That's what those Miami Heat teams do. And then a bunch of teams in the West jump in that wild card category. The Pelicans and the Kings, they just don't seem to have enough to get over that hump. They don't have that star, star player to get them over that hump and win them the series. They're both good teams, but they feel like they're just a player short or you know, just one player stepping up short in both those. And then you have the Lakers and the Warriors, and how do you take LeBron or Steph Curry and say they don't have any shot at the title? It doesn't seem like they do. I wouldn't bet on them, but at the same point, that's an interesting look. It's an interesting look. I'll tell you what, we'll push back because uh, it won't take long. We'll talk about the matchups tonight here in the 5 o'clock hour. We'll talk about it maybe next break too. Uh, but I do want to get to the big fat poll of the day, get you guys involved on the text line as well. So let's hit that. Patrick's big fat poll of the day on the horn. Big fat poll of the day today, 512-447-3776. We asked you yesterday who will be the second Longhorn drafted in the NFL draft. Not much different today, but I make it a little harder for you. Who will be the third Longhorn? Drafted in the NFL draft. So a lot of you said Byron Mitchell's first, Adonai Mitchell. We did have a couple changes for A.D. Mitchell. We said some said it was, you know, A.D. Mitchell. We had a couple other picks, so maybe he's your third pick. Uh, but who do you think will be the third pick? Extra credit to tell me where he's going and when he's going. 
uh, throw that in there as well. Who will be the third Longhorn drafted in the NFL draft? Let me know on the text line, 512-447-3776. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get to a hook em up replay. Keep the show rolling here on the Sports Complex. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons only on The Horn. church on Sunday morning Grandma's hand played a tambourine so well Grandma's hand used to issue out a warning she'd say Billy don't you run so fast might fall on a piece of glass might be snakes there in that grass Grandma's hand Back on the Sports Complex on a Thursday afternoon. Feeling good on National Margarita Day. Got me at, what, two hours before I can go indulge in a margarita? I hope you're getting to indulge in one now. Uh, text lines open, 512-447-3776. You want to talk some NBA? We just talked about the contenders for the NBA and uh, real contenders and wild cards and all of that. Uh, talk some uh, Texas bracketology as well in the Big Fat Poll today. Who will be the third Longhorn drafted in the NFL draft? Extra credit if you want to tell me when the pick will happen and where you think they're going to go. Uh, text that in, 512-447-3776. Do you want to get to a hook em up replay here? Guys talking about uh, some sound from Antonio Pierce and from Justin Fields. Uh, some stuff uh, we talked about yesterday, but some different stuff from the Justin Fields interview as well. Uh, so it's a hook em up replay here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 and twelve sixty the Horn app at hornfm.com. All right, welcome back to the rant of the day. We got a couple of NFL stories that uh, we're going to get into a little bit uh, here in Raj Rav the day. Uh, and my man Brock is stepping in for, for Ty, so we'll get some of the audio here in just a second. Um, but um, uh, the NFL right now, there's a lot of uh, random stories that I want to get to. One of them is about Justin Fields. Apparently, Justin Fields unfollowed the Chicago Bears, and when he unfollowed the Chicago Bears, uh, it became a big deal because on Instagram he also started following some players from Atlanta, B. John Robinson, Drake London, and uh, Kyle Pitts, and that caused some controversy. So we'll hear from Justin Fields, who had to set the record straight about why he decided to follow those guys and why he unfollowed, not only unfollowed the, uh, the, the Bears as an organization, but he also unfollowed the NFL. And apparently he's got a good reason for that. So we'll, we'll get into that audio too. And there's also the, uh, the Antonio Pierce sound, which is making the rounds. And there's even talk that some saying, I heard pro football talk say this, that he believes that the NFL should step in. Um, because if you're going to have Jordan rules uh, type the mentality, then potentially you're endangering quarterbacks or you got the uh, at least the mentality 
to uh, go after quarterbacks and try to do them harm. Um, so we'll hear from him. We'll hear from him in that sound too. So we'll get to all of that. Uh, I, I just sent it to my man Brock. Uh, okay, real quick, just so, so Brock can get caught up. We didn't get to this in um, behind the burn orange curtain, but it's interesting. We can get to it in Raj round today with Chris Gilbert coming back to the fold for the Longhorns uh, as now the special assistant. There was some talk uh, reportedly that he was going to be in as the assistant general manager. Uh, it was reported by foot, Football Scoop at first. That was not going to be the case. He's going to be the special assistant to the head coach initially Chris Gilbert was with Texas um, working with their direct I mean he's the director of high school relations I believe was his initial title went to North Texas to be a tight ends coach at North Texas and now is coming back to Texas and by the way this was considered a now say a shock but it was a surprise uh, to a lot of folks on the inside and insiders because there was no talk that Chris Gilbert was going to come back, which means I, you know, maybe he reached out to, to Sark in Texas about coming back. Uh, but it, it would seem that either way, Sark enjoys him being on the staff. Uh, I think his initial title as director of high school relations gives you a hint as to his biggest asset. He's a made man in the DFW area. Uh, you know, DFW is top three in the country, metro areas per producing NFL talent per capita. Uh, so that guy can get into almost any uh, high school and, and open any door in that DFW area because of his uh, accomplishments and achievements at Lancaster, uh, winning a lot of games and winning championships. So that's the biggest asset. But it's I think it's, there's potential that he could – be groomed for promotion in some area here at Texas, maybe in their new really designed, uh, newly designed front office with Brandon Harris as the GM, or maybe it's at a position coach uh, job in the future. Uh, if Texas has one of those open up, and it seems like the last couple of years, Sark's done such a good job. He's already had you know coaches like Brendan Marion move on. You know Stan Drayton has moved on. Uh, Jeff Choate has moved on. Um, it seems like more and more he actually. Uh, parted ways and brought in Chris Jackson, new wide receivers coach. You know, there may be room for a position, a new position coach. And if you trust and like, and you believe uh, that Chris Gilbert is an asset, especially in recruiting, maybe he can be one of those guys who groom for a potential uh, position coach job. That's just my theory. I did not, I've not heard that from anybody. That is not necessarily a, uh, a breaking news or anything. That's just my theory as to what may be going down. All right. Uh, so let's get to this NFL sound real quick. Hey, uh, Brock, could you please pull up the, uh, the first piece of sound I want to get to is the Antonio Pierce sound. So Antonio Pierce was on uh, the Rush with Max podcast simulcast, and he was talking about their victory over the Chiefs. Remember, they actually beat the Chiefs this year late in the season. That was some arguments we made. Chiefs didn't really care about that game because uh, you know, they were worried more about the postseason at that point. Um, but the Chiefs have dominated that division. They've dominated the AFC West. Even prior to Patrick Mahomes becoming the starting quarterback, they dominated that division with Alex Smith. That is Andy Reid's division. Everybody in that division should be paying rent to the Kansas City Chiefs because they do own it. Uh, but they have had an arms race as of late, especially with the head coaching uh, carousel in that AFC West. You got Sean Payton with the Denver Broncos. Now you got Jim Harbaugh with the San Diego Chargers. And I think Antonio Pierce may be feeling a little bit uh, maybe inadequate, maybe he's a little bit insecure being in the division with all these coaching potential Hall of Famers and Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh. And then you've got a guy like you know Andy Reid who's now in the GOAT conversation. Um, but here is Ant Antonio Pierce uh, saying how they're going to approach the Raiders, how they're going to approach defending and 
and trying to neutralize and topple Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And then we went into, you got the Jordan rules, and we, I'm calling now from now on, as long as I'm here, the Patrick Mahomes rules. So you remember when Jordan was going through it with the Pistons, all those guys in the 80s before he came, Michael Jordan, Air Jordan, the Pistons used to whoop his Anytime he came to the hole, elbows, filling them, love taps. We touched them. We in the head mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I'm touching you. So I showed those guys Jordan getting his whooped. And then we went into All right. So there you go. The, the, uh, the Patrick Mahomes rules now officially, they're out there. I'm sure teams had uh, their own game plans of how they wanted to defend Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but Antonio Pierce is letting it be known. And he's saying they got proof of concept because it worked already once against Patrick Mahomes and they beat him. That may very well be the case, but this is probably more likely to end up as bulletin board material against the best quarterback in the NFL rather than a, a blueprint for how to beat him. But I'll give Antonio Pierce a lot of credit. He's got scones the size of smart cars because <laughs> why would you want to give the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes any more motivation? You know, so maybe he does have the blueprint, but, you know, the NFL is going to have something to say about it if they start, you know, banging around Patrick Mahomes and roughing him up. The NFL, ain't gonna, they're not going to stand for that either. Uh, Maybe the Raiders will do it in a way that they can do it within the rules, uh, but usually that is something open for interpretation. What is roughing the passer? You know what I mean? What's unsportsmanlike conduct? We've seen that. You've seen a lot of those this past season where a lot of people disagreed with the call that it was roughing the passer or it was an unsportsmanlike conduct, and yet we know there are different rules for quarterbacks. So ho- hopefully he accounted for that in his Mahomes rules uh, take. But there you go, Antonio Pierce. It's, uh, it's a bold. Gonna, it's a bold move. Yeah, he is the bold uh, strategy. You know, he's the one. What is it? One of these things is not like the other, right? In that division, you have Jim Harbaugh, Andy Reid, Sean Payton, all arguably Hall of Fame coaches. Yeah, he's new, but he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. There's no doubt about it. He he's brings, got to. He brings an attitude, and you know who loves that is the Raider fans. I mean, the Raider fans they love do. that mindset. That's a good point. Yeah, uh, Renegade Al Davis, the old school. That is true. They do. That That goes back to it. Yeah, going against the grain. So hopefully it works out for them. But, man, like I said, Patrick Mahomes and has, has basically dominated that division. And even before him, Kansas City was dominating that division. All right, let's hear from real quick. Let's hear from Justin Fields. So Justin Fields also in the news. Um, there's talk that you know the, the Bears are going to move on from Justin Fields, that they're going to trade him as soon as they draft Caleb Williams. Or even before that, they're going to trade him. There are lots of teams that should be interested uh, Steelers should be interested. The Falcons should be interested. You, know, you got the Patriots out there. Potentially, there are a lot of teams that may be interested in Justin Fields. Recently, he unfollowed the Bears on on, on Instagram and started following different players from the Atlanta Falcons. Kyle Pitts, B. John Robinson, Drake London. He was asked about this on the St. Brown Brothers podcast. Um, and here is the response from Justin Fields as to why he unfollowed his own team on social media. Since wait, since we're here, hold on. But, I mean, what's we're not the, comparing. No, 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 no. Since we're here, what's with the unfollow with the Bears? What's, what's up with that? Man, bro, I'm glad we're talking about it because people. Why do people take social media so serious? Like, <laughs> but like, why are you why are you unfollowing the Bears? Like, I still mess with the Bears. It's not. I'm just trying to take a little break. I unfollow the Bears and the NFL, bro. I'm not just trying to have football on my timeline. Right? Mm. I know y'all mess with a girl, EQ, especially you. Just because you don't follow the girl on IG don't mean you're not messing with that's her. That's true. You that's know? true. That's facts. That's facts. Oh, so you're saying you mess with the Bears more now that you unfollow them. Man, it's not even like ah. that. All right, so that's enough. Basically, he unfollowed the Bears, unfollowed the NFL, said he just don't want football on his timeline. 
I get that. It is a that's a that's a that's a decent excuse. I don't know if we believe it. I don't know if anybody's buying it. So maybe he shouldn't be selling it, but that's the that's his reasoning. That's his rationale. He also, and this is why I think Justin Fields just now is just playing mind games. He's either trolling everybody, playing mind games, or maybe he's playing chess while everybody's playing checkers. Uh, and maybe his agent is advising him to do this kind of stuff. He also gave some love to the Steelers in this very same interview, kind of add fuel to the fire. Um, he says his favorite non-home stadium <laughs> is where the Steelers play. Here's the audio. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of them on your team. Yeah, uh, Pittsburgh, watch, watch Pittsburgh was lit, too, uh, just with the terrible ties my, my uh, rookie year. It was lit over there, too. Um, mm-hmm. You got a lot of all right, so there he is saying that the Steelers are one of the teams, you know, that basically he likes playing in. He likes playing in their home stadium. Maybe he's heard – maybe I'm sure that he's heard the rumors and seen on social media that the Steelers are or should be interested in them. So he's throwing a little bit of fuel on that fire. He's throwing some, uh, a little bit of gasoline on that one. And he, this may be probably the, the biggest indicator or the best proof that he is no longer – going to be the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears going forward. There was a, Le- a LeBron-MJ debate happening on this St. Brown Brothers podcast. Uh, Justin Fields weighed in on the MJ-LeBron debate, and the starting quarterback currently of the Chicago Bears said he likes LeBron. Here's the audio. I'm out of this. I'm out of this. I like LeBron. Bro, I like LeBron too. I'm out of this. I'm out of this. All right. The, the I like LeBron guy. Thank you very much, Brock. I appreciate that. The I like LeBron guy, that is Justin Fields, ladies and gentlemen. That is the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears uh, in a in blasphemous fashion, saying that he prefers LeBron over sh- Chicago legend and saint <laughs> uh, who has a statue out there in Chicago, which I'm sure he drives by all the time in front of that arena. He said he prefers LeBron over MJ. That, to me, going forward, best proof, best indicator that he will no longer be the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears because the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears can't take LeBron over MJ. Or at least not not admit it publicly unless, like you said, you know in the future you're not, you're not going to be in Chicago because you all, you lost all street cred and you lost a whole lot of points with any fans you may have by saying you take LeBron. And now, by the way, I'm not saying you can't take LeBron over MJ, but you can't say that if you're the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears. Yes. You can't say that. Yeah, he might, uh, he no. might be showing up at that uh, Scottie Pippen, Horace Grant. Oh, that tell-it-all. That <laughs> tell <it> <laughs> the tell-it-all tour. The yeah. no-bull tour. The no-bull tour. Yeah. Maybe he's going to be on that because, uh, yeah, that's – you can't be hating on MJ in MJ's well, town. Well, I mean, I think it's we're all pretty clear they're going to take Caleb Williams. And they're yes. going to trade Justin Fields. Yeah. So I think you know part of it. You know, he, you know, if he were a free agent or something, and uh, he he unfollowed the Bears, that'd be a you know to me a bigger deal. The fact that he doesn't really control this thing, and I think the hay's in the barn on that decision. Could be. They're just going yeah. to everything they're going to say between now and April is to drive up the value. Like, oh no, we might keep them. We can keep them both. We might keep them both. You'll hear stuff like that, right? Yes. They're going to talk out of both sides of their mouth. That is true. They're just trying to drive the value up, and they would like to see Pittsburgh, Atlanta, and some other teams bidding for him, so they can drive up the trade value. So maybe they're working with Justin Fields. Maybe this hey. is all a collaboration. You know what I mean? And they, they, the Bears I don't think like the Bears no. are that smart. Yeah, they probably. <laughs> his his agent is probably, yeah. but not the Bears. Yeah. You're right about that. Good stuff there from Hook'em Up with Ian Rob B. Weekday morning, 6 to 11, right here on The Horn.
Uh, if you didn't think that Antonio Pierce was the right pick for the Raiders head coaching job, that audio will make you think, man, that guy is a Raider, isn't he? Al Davis would be proud. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will get back on the text line, 512-447-3776. You want to talk Texas basketball, NBA basketball? You want to talk about the big fat poll today? Who will be the third Longhorn drafted in the NFL draft? I saw one. If you want to talk something else, we could, I look, I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can talk about <laughs> here. Uh, we're going to get some NFL talk, uh, some college football talk, and some baseball talk as well in the 5 o'clock. So if you got any opinions on that, you can text those in as well. 512-447-3776 is the text line number. So uh, keep those texts rolling in. We'll get to those when we come back here on the Sports Complex and the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Back in the Sports Complex on a Thursday afternoon here on The Horn. Text lines open, 512-447-3776. Whatever you guys want to talk about, big fat poll of the day. Who will be the third Longhorn drafted in the NFL draft? We uh, we know Byron Murphy is projected first. We know Adonai Mitchell is projected second. Uh, not first overall and second overall, but as as Longhorns, that's that's projections. That's what a lot of you guys were saying yesterday when he asked you who the second Longhorn drafted was going to be. So uh, we were asking you now over the third. Keep going down the line. We'll keep figuring it out and see who you think will be the third. If you want to give extra credit, uh, tell me when and where they will be picked. Uh, and that will be a fun uh, little exercise for you guys if you can figure it out because we're saying, and you can say it's, it's A.D. Mitchell, and then you say, well, because this guy's going first, second, third. If you want to give all the details, I know sometimes it's hard for you guys to text while you're driving, and I appreciate you uh, jumping on the conversation. I know some of you uh, just not texters either. It's all good. It's all good. Appreciate having you on the show. Uh, let's get to the text line, though. I <laughs> like uh, Jimmy the Gringo says, Good afternoon, Patrick. Getting a little worn out from the Cowboys, Texans, UT basketball, UT football, draft, and all the other talk. Any chance we could throw some WWE news in there? Uh, who do you got? WrestleMania, Cody Rhodes, or Roman Reigns. I appreciate what you do, Jimmy the Gringo. I appreciate you what you do, texting in Jimmy the Gringo. I am a wrestling fan. I do not keep up with it at all as much as I used to. Uh, it makes it much harder. And then doing this job, uh, being you know talking about sports, you just watch a ton more sports. Uh, you know, if you get behind a couple days and there's so much wrestling now, it was a lot easier to watch wrestling when it was like, okay, it's two hours on Monday, and it's like two hours on Thursday, and then that's all I got to watch. It was it was a lot easier then. And now it's all the time. It's on nonstop, and you got the the peacock. It can be on there, but. Uh, it is. Uh, it's a little bit harder for me to watch. I do love the storyline that they brought back. That the Rock came back and everyone got pissed off because they took over with the the thing that all the wrestling fans wanted in Cody Rhodes, and so they fought back. And now the Rock's a bad guy, and it's it's it seems very very entertaining. Uh, I have not given it too much thought. If I had to guess, then Roman Reigns is going to win uh, because there's wrestling fans. Even though Vince McMahon's not there anymore, they love pissing off uh, their fans the most. It's one of their favorite things to do in wrestling. So that would be my guess. But that's just me. That's uh, it's too far away. It's still it's still what a month away. WrestleMania. I think the the, the what elimination chamber in Australia is this weekend. I think. I mean, it could be way off on that. But, but I don't. That's that's as much as I can give you, Jimmy. That's as much as I can give you. I hope that was enough for you. 
Uh, we'll, we're going back into the NFL in the 5 o'clock. <laughs> My man Father Ryan says, go Heat. I know, he is a big Heat fan. I think we actually watched one of the Heat playoff games together last year, too. Uh, no, I look, and I said this earlier, when you put him in as a wild card, I, in, the, in the East, once you get past the Pacers, it's really kind of slim pickings of teams that you don't feel are going to really have any shot to compete. They just don't have the talent. The Heat just are the Heat, though. They don't have the talent to compete, but they still, that doesn't ever stop them. Tyler Hero continues to, you know, improve and show. I don't know if he's ever going to be the 30 points a game a guy, 30 points a game player they kind of need him to be. Uh, but, you know, they've done crazier uh, come ups in the playoffs, and all it takes is, you know, the right injury, the right place. I don't think if everybody's healthy, they have much of a shot. But without that, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, texter says, it feels like the NBA season is finally starting much earlier than usual feeling. Look, I've been watching all season. I've been enjoying it, especially because I'm a Spurs fan. So watching Wimby all season, watching uh, Victor Wembanyama, who's, a, you know, just like even though he's not, it's, I'm not saying statistically and overall he's been the greatest rookie ever because he hasn't, I don't think. Uh, I think well, wait, Wes Ensel Jr. was the one who won MVP and Rookie of the Year the same year. He's the only guy who ever did it. I think that's the right name. Uh but that's he's not that he's not. I mean, he didn't even make the All Star team. Uh, I know he would have liked to, but when you just watch the stuff he does, he it's just so entertaining to watch a guy that you know the the memes going around right now that he's doing the Space Jam dunking over a guy from too far away and just every time he'll make a move to the basket and you don't think it can work and it does or he takes a step back three and you're like no one's this seven five should be able to hit a step back three with that amount of grace and ease there's all this stuff he does in blocking shots it's he's just so much fun to watch that for a Spurs fan who has been kind of struggling the last few years to find things enjoyable to watch watching Victor uh, has been a very fun time for me to watch uh Dexter says uh, Xavier Worthy, 30 seconds. So I guess you're saying Adonai Mitchell already gone, Byron Murphy already gone. But 30 seconds of the Chiefs, they fall in love with this 4-2-40 time at the Combine. That's Combine's coming up next week too, I believe, uh, or late next week. Start to get into those Combine. I think that Saturday, uh, next Saturday is when they're just going to have so many offensive players. That's going to be one of those. If you're a Combine guy, that's to sit at home all day and enjoy yourself just staring at top peak athletes going in and uh, running 40s and doing all those drills. I think it's going to be an offensive, uh, a ton of offense is projected, uh, uh, scheduled for a Saturday uh, at the Combine. But, yeah, if he gets a high one, he definitely could climb back up in there. Uh, You know, and the Chiefs are one of those teams that goes and tries to find that value pick. I've seen Adonai Mitchell of them as well. Uh, They could definitely go for one of those Texas wide receivers and say, we like what Sark did, we like what these guys are. Uh, and they feel like they're going to be culture fits for the Chiefs, too, coming from Texas. Uh, so I could definitely see that. <laughs> and R-Dub, my man R-Dub says, who are we hating on today? Embrace the hate. No, I don't mean, I'm not hating on anybody. Not me. You just positivity. It's National Margarita Day, R-Dub. Drink a margarita and, uh, and just embrace, embrace the love and the warmth of some warm tequila. It's just, just down, making your stomach feel all warm and you're you, you, you warm you up deep, deep, deep in the cockles of your heart uh, when you drink that margarita. Enjoy yourself. No, no need to hate today. 
for National Margarita Day. We don't need to do that. Uh, we're not, no hate in the 5 o'clock either. We'll talk some Texas football. We'll get into a little baseball. I haven't talked much baseball yet this season. Uh, giving you a little bit of what to look for as the spring training begins. Uh, the games begin for baseball. What to look for with the Astros and the Rangers. A little early outlook before we start to get too much, before we have news coming in from them. We'll give you that, and we'll talk a little NFL as well. Cowboys, who they should be looking for in free agency. Some names that if Jerry's going all in, these are names he's got to look at at least. Go look, Jerry. Get to those when we come back on the Sports Complex. The Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com.